Thank you for joining me. My name is Jenna Fortinsky, and welcome to my podcast, Simply Jenna. I am a registered psychologist and owner of Simply Counseling Services, a private counseling group in Calgary, Alberta. In working with my clients, I have noticed that I offer something different. The difference is simplicity and balance. I want to share that with you using this platform. Join me as we discover together how to keep it simple. Welcome back. Yes. Woohoo. Another episode. Yes. I'm so excited to be here. How are you doing, Nikki? I'm pretty good, thank you. And you? I'm good. I'm excited. We have some projects in the works behind the scenes, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. And should we share with our listeners what we have going on? Maybe tease them a little bit? I think we can give a little tease. Um, So we're working on a project of doing interviews with people um, that is going to be based around breaking the stigma of mental health. Mm. I think it's a really relevant topic for what's going on right now in our world in a general sense. Yes. So I'm excited for to get that out there. Um, there's a lot of work that has to go on behind the scenes. So I've been busy doing that. Awesome. Yes. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. And so while we're waiting mm-hmm. for that to come out, yes, we will talk about a new topic for today, which is grief. Yes. An interesting but very tough subject. Agreed. Um, So should we, let's start then where we always start, which is um, with a definition. So do you want to tell us what your definition of grief is, Jenna? Yes. So in keeping true form to our sessions, we're going to talk about um, grief. This episode is going to be specifically around the grief of losing someone in your life. Um, So just to be clear that there's lots of other forms of grief. So some of those forms are around job loss, moving, um, the loss of a pet or the loss of a relationship or perhaps a lifestyle change. So there's lots of different types of grief. But when we talk about grief in this episode, we're um, talking specifically about the loss of someone and what happens to a person mentally and physically during that process. Okay. So let's just dive right into it then. Can we, can we talk about what is, I mean, I'm sure we've all probably experienced grief or the loss of someone at some point, but um, let's get specific about what does it feel like? What does it feel like to go through grief? So like I said before, I think that there's definitely a mental component and a physical component. Um, So when we talk about the physical component, I would say that's Uh, Sometimes the features are similar to what we've talked about in the past in terms of the anxiety features. So um, some of the symptoms that um, I've experienced and my clients have experienced are, you know, difficulties concentrating, you know, feeling like you can't be um, as productive as you typically would be in your everyday life. Um, Just feeling like there's something kind of hanging over you and you're just not functioning well. So, um And again, like physical stuff is, you know, maybe a tightness in your chest, feeling like, um, you know, you're, you're worried all the time. So I think that there's definitely an overlap in terms of physical and mental symptoms when we talk about grief. And so what I've noticed in my private practice is that people typically come to me when they get to the stage of, you know, I've noticed an interruption in my ability to perform my everyday daily tasks. 
So would you say that it's something that you see uh, commonly? Definitely. Um, I think that when people enter therapy, it's usually, um, yes, they acknowledge that they've lost someone, but they're also having all these other symptoms. So typically there's a little bit of a disconnect in terms of what the impact of losing someone is having on their life. Right. Um, but there are definitely times where people come in and that is the one thing that they want to talk about is that they've lost someone significant in their life. Well, and because it's such a big, it's such an impactful event, right? Yeah. And a, you, it's something that you can't ignore, yep. something that you can't push away yep. Um, as much as we try to. I yes. mean, often I think that's probably a common experience, right? Where you just say, I just need to get over it. I just need to move on and then I'll be happy and I'll, you know, and I'll be over it, yeah. right? Is that even possible to ever truly be over it? Well, I lost someone very important to me a very long time ago. And I don't think that, um, I don't foresee, you know, ever getting over it or, um, moving past it. I think that, um, I have a very specific philosophy in terms of how I see grief happening in people's life. And I think that, um, this rhetoric that people develop about, well, move past it or get over it, um, is not really something that should be expected of people. Okay. You're teasing us a little bit there. I feel like there's something else coming. Yes, <laughs> there is. Okay. Perfect. Like always. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about what it, how we define it and what it feels like. Okay. The other thing that we often think about when we think about grief are the stages of grief, because yes. I feel like that's so commonly known mm-hmm. that there are stages of grief. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So there definitely is um, a theory that came out a while ago um, from somebody named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And she developed a theory about grief and saying that there are specific steps that people go through when they experience grief. Um, Since the time of her releasing that theory, it's been kind of, you know, questioned in terms of its accuracy and whether it's really applicable to everybody. Um. But I think it is important to mention what those stages are that she identified, because I think that, um, and what the research has shown that, that definitely people experience all of the stages likely. It's just that maybe it's not in the order that she had outlined. So some of the, the stages that she outlined were, um, denial, bargaining, depression, anger, and acceptance. So those are kind of the stages that she had said that people would go through when they experience grief or a loss. Okay. And so you're saying then that maybe is that fully accurate or is there another way to view it then? Um, well, I think the research, so not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Let's be clear. Um, the research has said that, yes, people typically go through those, uh, those um, stages, but maybe not in that order. Okay. They can be in a different order that compared to what she identified. And the way that I listed them are not in the order that she identified right. either. Yeah. So it's important for me to say that. Yes. So what what would you say then are the key sort of aspects of of grief? Like when a person is going through grief or processing it, what are the things that we do want to look out for? I think that from what I've learned, you know, again, from personal experience and both uh, with talking with clients is that, you know, grief is, it's going to be different for everybody. So you're going to have different reactions, 
different, you know, timeframes of how long you're grieving, the intensity is going to be different, and the emotions you experience are going to be different. So really just highlighting that deep grief is a very individual process, and it's different for everyone. Okay. And I think that makes sense, because it is such a personal event. Yes. You can't possibly sort of um, use a, a paintbrush and brush broad strokes over every person is going to experience it in this way or it's going to look this way. Even when you were talking about the symptoms too, right? Like those yeah. are very individual uh, experiences. So um, I think that's, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. So then how, how do we, how does a person process it. How do we move through grief? We know we're never going to get over it. We know mm-hmm. it's going to be a lifelong, likely a lifelong lifelong experience, but that doesn't mean it, that it has to be negative, right? Yes, definitely. So what can it look like then? Um, so obviously like there's going to be a lot of different theories on this and there's going to be a lot of different approaches on how um, counselors or professionals would manage people's grief. And I think it's important for me to say that when I talk about the strategies that I would suggest or the things that I've given to my clients is that it really truly is coming from a place of, you know, what I've experienced in my life and what I've seen um, clients go through and just giving strategies and tips based on that. Um, I think that the overarching theme around grief is that, like you said, it is a very negative experience and, um, I think that there definitely is a component of grief that is negative, and I think that it should be negative because it is a true loss in your life. However, like you said, I don't think it needs to be a lifelong negative component to your life. Okay. Um, so I think that um, my general opinion of how to move through it, which I love you using those words because mm-hmm. I live and breathe <laughs> with moving through. Yes. So important. Living with. Yeah. Yes. Working with, living yeah. through um, is I really like to think of this, the process of grief as building a new relationship with that person. Okay. Tell me what that means or what it looks like. I think when we, yes, when people are on this earth and we're able to see them in the physical form, we have a certain type of relationship with them, um, different norms that have developed within that relationship. When someone passes or we lose somebody in our life, um, it is up to us to establish what that relationship is going to look like ongoing. So the key is, is that just because someone has passed or we've lost somebody in our life, it doesn't mean that that relationship has ended. Okay. So can you give me some examples of what that looks like on a practical, maybe daily basis? How do we actually practice that? Yes. So I'll give you a personal example. Okay. Is I've lost somebody that's um, very significant to me, um, a few years, many years ago, I guess in 2007. And so for me, I had to make that decision to establish a new relationship with her. So for me, what that relationship looks like today is I have a beautiful picture of her on top of my dresser in my bedroom. Um, that's right before the entrance to my bathroom. So my relationship with her now looks like every morning when I get up and before I walk into the bathroom, I look at her, give her a nod and say hello. 
every morning. Um, I also have a relationship with her by usually when I'm driving in my car and I'll think of something that she's done or something that she's said and um, just acknowledge that she's a part of my life. Um, so since 2007, that's been my ritual with her is finding a way to incorporate her into more of the patterns of my everyday life. Um, and I think, you know, sharing that with clients and, um, helping clients to discover ways that they can incorporate the person that they've lost in their everyday life really helps to honor what that person brought to this earth and what that person brought to their life. Right. So you don't get that sense of, I have to go on living my life without them. It's actually more about how I continue to live my life in this new way. Yeah. In, in this new relationship, like you mentioned. Yeah. Totally reframing the way that you think about the loss. Yeah. So it's not actually a loss. Yes. It's, right? it's a new step in the relationship. And the beautiful thing is that you are the driver in that relationship. So you decide how much or how little that person is a part of your life. And um, I think it speaks to um, the importance that that person played in your life and also what's going on for you in your lifetime at that point. So there, for me, like there's been times in my life where life has been busy and I haven't followed through on every part of my right. ritual. Um, but then I'll always go back to it and I'll be like, oh, I need a dose of her. I mm-hmm. need her in my life mm-hmm. or uh, something has happened that I want her to be a part of. So I'll acknowledge her to bring her in on a part of my life in that way. It's a relationship on your terms. Exactly. How you want it. Yeah. And how it works best for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really positive way of looking at it, I think. Yes. Yeah. So I think when we lose someone, you know, really thinking about, okay, so how do I establish a relationship with that person now? How do I make that person a part of my life now? Mm -hmm. Yes, they've left the physical world, but I can still make them a part of my life Mm -hmm. as much as I want to. Okay. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. So what about this whole part of the puzzle around usually when we encounter the loss of someone who's really important to us or that we love dearly, um, it's overwhelming in terms of the emotions and the, the feelings that you have. I mean, and you go through sort of a roller coaster of feelings in yes. a sense too. Yeah. What do we do with all of that? So I think what I've learned, um, again, in personal and in professional life is the most important thing is to take time to feel the feelings. So to really sit with, um, like we talked about the five, the stages that Kubler-Ross had identified, um, to really take the time to dedicate to each one of those emotions or the many others that we can experience. Um, to really dedicate the time to feeling that and um, sitting with it. Because like we've talked about in our other episode about anxiety, is that if we avoid those feelings, sometimes they'll get bigger than what they need to be. And right. then it becomes a little bit of a, a, a black hole, like we identified last time. Yeah. So really taking the time to feel the feelings helps to lower the anxiety around feeling those feelings. What does that mean? Does that mean that I'm sitting in my room crying, thinking about this person? Or what is like, how, how what does that look like? When if I'm that's what you need to do? Yes. Okay. Do it. Okay. Um, and so I've been as practical with my clients as 
you know, set a timer, set, you know, set a a calendar reminder that, you know, every day at three o'clock, you are going to sit for 10 minutes and just feel what you need to feel. So that day, it might be anger, it might be extreme sadness, it might be extreme loneliness, it might be, um, you know, depression, or, you know, full on denying that, you know, this has happened, um, or full on awareness that this has happened. So if you need to actually set aside time and if you need to do it three times a day, if you need to do it once a day, once a week, just really setting aside the time to acknowledge that those feelings are there and to sit and to feel them. Okay. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I can see how making time for that is important to avoid it becoming this massive burden that you carry around with you uh, if you're always sort of avoiding it or denying it, as you mentioned, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, And I think that it's um, important that, you know, like when we talk about feeling the feelings, I also want to let people know that, you know, some strategies to get out of the feelings, because just because the alarm has gone off at 10 minutes, it might not be as easy to just shut it off. Right. So some quick strategies to kind of shut it off and to transition back into maybe getting back into your workday or getting back to your schoolwork or being getting back to being a mom or a dad. Um, some quick strategies are, you know, splashing cold water on your face, um, going outside for some fresh air. So just kind of really changing the scenery so that you can get your mind back into what you were doing before. Okay. You're, it sounds like you're almost uh, coupling it with practice practices of self-care. Yes. In a way, yeah. Right? And it's, and it can become a part of your self-care routine. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So then how do we know, like, how does a person know when it's a good time to talk about the grief piece? Do you even talk about it? Um, So I think the general consensus is, is that if you can talk about it, it's great. So um, talking about it is, you know, either talking about the loss or talking about the relationship that you had with that person when they were on the physical earth. So really honoring maybe some of the really great moments that you've had. Um, Also, maybe talking about some of the difficult moments that you had. Um, Talking about the impact that that person had on you. Um, I think those are all very healthy things to do. Um, I think that there's a time and a place for it. So really being aware of your audience and um, being aware of um, what your expectations are in terms of a response from the people that are around you. Um, and just really taking your time in terms of being able to share that information and making sure that you're sharing it with people that you know can really value what you are sharing. Okay. What if you don't have anyone that can do that for you? Then what do you do? Oh my goodness. So journaling, journaling is a beautiful way to capture the relationship that you had with that person to remember some of those memories. Cause as time goes on, of course it gets harder to remember. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've encouraged lots of clients to create some sort of journal that, um, captures, you know, some of the really precious memories that you had with that person. Um, also with technology, we have the voice notes that we can do in our phones. Um, right. So, you know, maybe saying out loud some of the memories that you have so that you can capture it in your phone and keep it in the cloud or on your Dropbox. Right. Um, but just finding an outlet to let some of that stuff out and talk it out. So talking out, talking things out is so therapeutic or writing things out is very therapeutic. 
Um, so even if you have no one to talk to, or you don't feel like you have the right audience, there are ways to process your feelings by letting them out of your brain. And of course, seeking professional help. Yes. So of course, yeah, yeah. professional help is a great way to, um, talk about your grief and to talk about that relationship and to really find what fits for you in terms of your grief process. Okay. I think those are some really good practical tips that we can easily implement into our daily lives. Um, if we're trying to work our way through this, um, process, which is very emotionally charged as we, as we mentioned. Yes. Okay. So, um, I think that brings us to the end of our, our, uh, discussion today. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll do a quick recap of what we talked about and then I'll hand it back over to you, Jenna, to leave us with some parting words. Mm -hmm. So we talked about today, the definition of grief, which we have said it can exist in, in, in many forms. And today what we were talking about specifically was the loss of someone who we loved or we hold dearly in our hearts. Um, and, you know, another episode can be focused on those other experiences of loss that uh, exist like job loss or, you know, perhaps a relationship change or lifestyle change. We, we can talk about that in another episode, but those are forms of grief as well. Um, we talked about what it feels like, the different sort of mental and physical symptoms that we can often go through and how sometimes it's not always the presenting thing that we see when we are seeking help. Um, sometimes it can uh, show itself in, in different ways. Uh, we also touched briefly on what we often hear about the stages of grief and yeah. how it's not always typically fitting within that mold, um, that it is a very individual experience and how we sort of work our way through it because we know that we will never completely get over it. So mm -hmm. we need to learn how to live with it. So, and Jenna gave us some really great tips for doing that, which is one of the biggest ones is establishing a new relationship with mm -hmm. that person. Anything else that I missed or that you want to touch on, Jenna? Um, no, I think, uh, so the only thing that I can think of is really take your time and not feel pressured that you have to either get over or move through or be in a hurry with your gr grief process. So please take your time, put the, the effort and the time into feeling what you need to feel and reach out if you feel like you can't. Uh, do it alone because there's lots of support out there. And, um, you know, as professionals, we're happy to help. And even just sometimes having family support goes a long way. Um, so somebody that you really trust and somebody that you know can honor what you have to offer. Uh, so please do reach out if you're feeling like you're stuck. And, um, but yeah, a big part of it is really just giving it time. Okay. Wise advice. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Jenna, for another excellent episode. Thank you. So our next episode, um, we are going to be talking about socializing in an antisocial world. Ooh, that also, should be a good one. Also known as a pandemic world. Yes, exactly. That's yes. very true. Um, so we will leave you with a quote today. Um, and our quote comes again from Jodi Picot, an author. Um, she says, Something still exists as long as there's someone around to remember it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I wanted to share some important information before we let you go. While this podcast will give you strategies to use in your life, 
it is certainly not a replacement for attending therapy or seeking your own support. There will always be limits to what we can do on our own when it comes to mental health. And while we can give you tools and strategies, we know that they will not always work for everyone. There is value in telling your story and being heard. If you have tried the strategies we discussed and you're still feeling stuck, please reach out to us at Simply Counseling Services. Visit our website at www.simplycounselingservices.com for the services we offer and to learn about the other services that are free. You can also submit your topic ideas for this podcast on this website as well. Thank you again for joining us and we are looking forward to our next time together. Take care of yourself.